Welcome to Inland Sessions, the podcast. Today, we're spending time with the Riverside Trio, a three-piece chamber string ensemble featuring core musicians from the Spokane Symphony talking about how music has shaped their lives. My name is Roberta Batelli, and I play the cello. I play in our trio, the Riverside Trio, and we are all musicians in the Spokane Symphony as well. And if you come to a performance of the Riverside Trio, you have the chance of hearing almost anything. We play everything from favorite light classical music to more popular tunes to more music from movies or TV. We do a little bit of everything and that is really fun for us and really fun for people who are listening as well. And so we do all sorts of different types of performances from playing at events like weddings or banquets, things like that. Uh, Live music adds such a wonderful sort of atmosphere to any kind of event and it's fun for us to to get to play just kind of lighter music where we can just enjoy playing together and enjoy the space and those types of performances performance aspect is really different it's very festive as as opposed to a more formal concert where we would perform something like a Beethoven trio together, which is really fulfilling in its own way, but a different type of preparation and a different type of experience for the audience. But we do a little bit of everything. (laughs) I'm Kat or Catherine Shipley. I'm the violinist um, in this (laughs) arrangement of the the trio. The trio has actually existed since 2003, Um, but right now it's the three of us. And I'm Sarah Bass, and I play viola in the trio and in the symphony. Thank you so much. So can we start with you, Sarah? Could you tell me a little bit about uh, what music was like in your household? Did you grow up with it in your house, and were your parents supportive of you pursuing music kind of seriously in your life? Um, Yes, I think there was a lot of music in my house. My parents are not musicians, but they love music. So um, I used to listen to oldies a lot with my dad. And he's also really into choral music. Um, And my brother and I both started playing through public schools. um, And I just fell in love with it. Um, Going to summer music festivals and meeting other kids uh, that were also into music was really, really special for me. Um, My parents were not super thrilled that I was wanting to pursue it professionally, but they've always been very supportive of it. Um, So, yeah. How did they how did they support you but show disapproval or disappointment? <laughs> um, well, I double majored in undergraduate at the urging of um, my parents also because I love math as well very much. So I had 
some AP courses going in and um, had a good start on that. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, my dad, my dad was a pilot for Southwest Airlines, um, and so he got these, I forget what they're called, um, buddy passes for free flying so you can fly standby. Um, if you're a direct family member until a certain age, you can fly for free um, standby. And so I used that for auditioning uh, at the end of my undergraduate degree, um, which was a big expense saver <laughs> for me. So that was a huge learning opportunity to go under high pressure and um, audition for orchestras. Yeah, but he also wanted you to have a backup just in case. Yes. <laughs> yes. He did not come from a, a wealthy family, so it's important to, like, you know how hard it was to be without much money, and he's always given me very good advice about being stable financially. So, Well, I mean, that's often what comes through is the parents who are worried about it are really worried about the stability of uh, the path that you're choosing. But you sound pretty happy with it so far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope that makes him happy, too. It does, yes. <laughs> what about you, Kat? What was your experience with music in the home growing up? Um, well, and my parents are audience <laughs> members. <laughs> um, my dad was actually a clarinet player through his undergraduate degree, um, and always enjoyed it, and there are musicians in my extended family. But for me, my parents always had, I think, classical King FM in Seattle on the radio all the time. And so I grew up hearing all of the kind of standard orchestral repertoire quite often. And like Sarah, I started playing in school in fourth grade, and I enjoyed it a lot and so started doing private lessons um, and just kind of took off from there and similar to Sarah as well I think it was the experience of like meeting other students um, that just made it so much fun and I was fortunate to have both in middle school and high school very strong music programs and so I played in my first string quartet when I was in sixth grade which is hilarious to think back about, <laughs> um, you know, and just kept going from there. And fortunately, my parents, you know, were pretty supportive and shelled out a lot of money so that I could do this. Um, I, in fact, actually did not intend to go into music at all, largely because people expected me to, and I didn't want to do what everyone expected me to. Um, so I headed off to Western Washington University planning to do maybe English or Spanish. My dad was a Spanish literature professor. Um, and in fact, it was uh, a quarter spent studying in Southern Mexico that made me feel that, okay, I survived that. <laughs> I can survive doing a music major. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> it took an adventure, huh? Yes. And, and you, Roberta, could you tell me about you? Yeah, so my mother is a wonderful pianist and she also plays the violin. And so she was a piano teacher. So we had students learning music in my house all of my life. And my, my dad is not a musician, but has definitely a very deep appreciation for music. And he loves 
opera. So we were always listening to either symphonic music or opera in the house. It was just going all the time. And I think being surrounded by people learning to play music was a really special thing as well, just to, to see that process. And it just was part of all of my and my sister's lives. It was just sort of a background to everything that we were doing. And like Catherine, I, but maybe for a different reason, I was definitely determined not to be a professional musician. I started in the, the uh, public schools in fourth grade on the cello, and I, I, start, I chose cello because my sister's friend played cello, and I thought her instrument was really pretty. So I, I started on cello in the public schools, and then we moved to a town where uh, we didn't have strings in the public schools. We just had, there was just band and choir. And so I ended up playing in two different youth symphonies um, to continue with my cello studies along with private lessons. And that was just an incredible experience. I, I love how both Catherine and Sarah were talking about connecting with other young musicians was such an important part of uh, this journey for me and youth symphony was a very important part of that and just the opportunity to uh, be immersed in this beautiful music with students your own age your peers who you look up to and and who are just wonderful musicians themselves it was very inspiring but I knew that the life of a musician was not an easy path and uh, so I was kind of determined to do something else <laughs> and so I uh, I love history and I studied history as an undergrad until and and I really continued with music in college uh, I couldn't stay away from the music building, and I loved music theory, and I took every music theory class that was offered at the university, even before I was a major. I absolutely fell in love with it, and so I just, I spent all my time in the music building, and by the time, as much as I loved my history classes, I just was not drawn to them the way I was to music, and, and so the second semester of my junior year, I was starting to, I had to register the next day for classes, and I just was realizing I have to decide, and I, I don't really care if I'm even any good at this, I really have to be a musician. <laughs> so, so I called my parents up in the middle of the night, <laughs> I said, Mom and Dad, I'm, I just, I'm really sorry, I have to be a music major. And they both started laughing. And my mom said, we had a bet as to how long it would take you <laughs> to decide that that was going to be your path. So they, uh, they were very supportive. And it has been quite a, quite a journey. But I think one of the best parts about it are these collaborations that I have with my colleagues. And, and playing in the symphony, I look around at the amazing musicians that I'm surrounded with, and every second that I get to be playing music with them is, a, is truly a gift. They, they are incredible. So those, those personal connections and that, that sharing of what we do together is so meaningful. And to be able to play in a group, in a, a chamber group for so long, Catherine and I have been playing this in this trio for 20 years. I can't even believe it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's wonderful just to get to know someone's playing like that over time is so special. It's really very meaningful. 
You know, Roberta, you actually answered my follow-up question, so I'm going to ask it to both uh, Kat and Sarah, which is, what changed for you when you decided to follow the passion and where it was leading you? I was going to say my stress levels went up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I mean, that sounds horrible, but yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to be able to say, oh, it was wonderful and easy, and but it's just not. Um, so, and yet you're still doing I'm it. I'm still doing it because I love it. Um, and gosh, we keep coming back to the playing music with other people, but that's you know that's what kept me doing it as a teenager. And I always, I, I didn't ever want to be a solo player. I wanted to do chamber music and play in an orchestra. And fortunately, I I get to do that. But it's a tough road to get here, for sure. What's it like for you, Sarah? I think something that changed for me maybe is kind of a clarity of purpose. Like, um, I have a lot of different interests, but it's, I think, choosing that um, kind of focused my energies uh, on on this sort of pathway. and. There's always kind of doubt here and there about whether you can keep going or um, just um, if you can even do what you're trying to do currently. But um, but I think <laughs> it's it's a beautiful pursuit. Uh, I I jokingly say that I didn't care if I was good at music or not. I wanted to do it, but that is very deeply the way that I felt. It's like I don't know if I'm any good at this, and I had a friend who said, you don't know that you can be a professional musician until you are. You, you don't know that you can do it until you get a job. And until you're able to be there, you don't know if you are able to or you're, if you have what it takes and you just have to. There's something, and I don't know what that something is exactly, but there's something that keeps you going down that path. And, and yeah, finding, finding a way to create something of yourself that you can share that that took a long time for me but it was a a pretty amazing thing I think does anyone else have a story they'd like to share um I just I guess if any kids are listening to this um I was extremely shy and had a difficult time connecting with other people and um I just remember playing a Hinnemith concerto and um I remember playing in a master class where uh, it starts just with the viola for like a whole page just wailing pretty much and so I like came out there like super shy and all like kind of in and very internal and and then just let it all out and <laughs> I remember the the teacher whoever it was was very surprised at just what came out of me and um I feel like I just want kids to know that even if you're shy and people assume that there's nothing really going on inside your art is a way for you to kind of let it all out.
find a community and, and of people who are both inspired and inspiring themselves. And it's we're we're an interesting bunch of characters for sure. <laughs> so I think the I I am sometimes not quite sure what unifies us, but <laughs> but we all uh, it it is it was certainly important for me to find that group somehow of something where the thing that I wanted to put energy into other people did too and that was really that was a, a really nice thing could I hear from each of you how you decided to join the symphony and what that experience was like or has been like for you I'll take that on first. Thanks, Kat. Uh, sure. <laughs> so my first experience with the Spokane Symphony was when I was in graduate school at the University of Washington. And um, the teacher, the guest teacher, was Kelly Ferris, who was the Spokane Symphony's concertmaster at the time. And Kelly, I guess, felt that I played the violin all right. And he recommended me to Gail Coffey, who was the symphony's personnel manager. And I got a call asking if I would like to be a substitute or an extra violinist for the orchestra. And fortunately, the conductor at the University of Washington was willing to let me go, um, spend a week in Spokane. And I found that it was really fun to come over here and, and play. Um, and so then when it was time for me to start auditioning for orchestras, I included Spokane in the orchestras that I tried to get into. Um, and it took a few auditions, you know, for me before I won the chair that I currently occupy, um, which is a, a core seat. So we're the ones who play the most. All three of us are mm -hmm. core members. Um, and yeah, that was back in 2001. So <laughs> Did you meet through the Spokane Symphony? Um, Roberta and I actually met through, um, was it Westminster Chamber Orchestra? Yeah, right? yeah, that's yeah. Right. So there was a chamber orchestra that existed in town before the symphony got crazy busy. Mm -hmm. We were just busy. Um, <laughs> so Roberta and I were both in that group and that's how we got to know each other and ultimately decided to do the trio with another violinist. And then Sarah won her position here I came here in 2011. I was subbing in San Antonio at the time and just taking auditions when I could. Um, things don't always come up every year. It's just kind of as positions open. So I had been to Spokane on a Star Wars and concert tour. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was a beautiful city. And um, so I, I decided to come audition. And then my flight got canceled. I was supposed to come in the day before, and I ended up having to get up at four in the morning the day of the audition to come in. I missed my audition window and had to be in a later group, so I was like the last one to play, and it was, I like slept in the dressing room in between the rounds because I was so exhausted. But um, I think maybe that made me less nervous because I was so exhausted. <laughs> so. Um, I, I won, and I was so excited. Um, so. Sounds like you might have done that at audition in a dream state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What well, I just realized, I was on the committee that oh. heard your audition. <laughs> <laughs> so I hired Sarah. Yay! Oh, I love it. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> 
see the things that we learn when we just hang out and talk. I totally forgot. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. So now that you guys have been playing together for so long and you have a really strong core group, you know each other and the way that each of you work with music, what is your favorite part of playing together? I think for me, what I love playing, I love about playing with these two is that I can trust them. Um, in fact, Yo-Yo Ma, when he came and uh, played with the symphony in September, was talking about how he could tell that we trusted each other in the symphony because we were not afraid to express ourselves musically. And that really just hit me. Um, I hadn't thought about it that way before, but I I trust Roberta and Sarah to you know, have my back. <laughs> um, and... And Yo-Yo Ma to see it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you get that from spending a lot of time making music with people. And we've gotten to do that quite a bit, not only through playing at weddings or retirement homes, but also playing on um, the Symphony's Chamber Soiree concerts. So, yeah, that, that to me is what is, I mean, they're great musicians too, but I love that we can depend on each other that much. It's like a huge thing too with music because it's so personal and so um, difficult like to be able to trust people and um, to know that they support you like not be worried about kind of being good enough or whatever but just to be and it's a really beautiful thing. So you guys don't only play with the symphony, but as your trio, and one of the things that you do is visiting retirement homes you just mentioned, and it's kind of like doing nostalgic music to make people comfortable and feel at home. Could you tell me about that project and how you guys uh, decided to commit yourself to that kind of work through music with people? Yeah, you know the history a little more than I do. <laughs> um, so we're, we do this work playing in retirement homes through the symphony um, because the symphony has a number of outreach and education programs to connect us with the community. Um, and so the project initially started because of a partnership between um, Columbia Landing which is a retirement home that has memory care and the symphony. And this is something that our music director feels very strongly about and is very interested in the effects of music on the mind and how, how that can help individuals struggling with dementia. And so this first, the f- idea kind of started, I think, was right before COVID and then COVID messed everything up with the project. And um, fortunately, actually, I think later this season, we're going to move forward more with that. And that will actually involve musicians being trained by experts on how to interact with dementia patients with the music and so forth, and then sending our musicians out to do like individual work. But our performances um, are also a part of, of that connection. And 
I kind of vaguely remember brainstorming like when we knew we were going to do this is thought, well, what on earth do we play? And I don't remember, I had a light bulb and uh, I thought, well, why don't we play music from movies and television? Because chances are some of that will affect everyone in the audience. And even if they are having memory issues, maybe they'll remember the music or how it made them feel or the show it was connected to. Um, so then, yeah, we went with that and found arrangements of music for a string trio, some of it classical, some of it not. Um, and that program's worked really well. Definitely. And isn't there also another project? I think you're involved at least with it, Sarah, the Lullaby Project through the Spokane Symphony? Yeah, um, so that project is through Carnegie Hall. Um, they have a bunch of kind of education projects that they'd started that have kind of a template that you can follow. And that one is um, pairing musicians with local singer-songwriters and then um, mothers of young children. Or um, We partnered with the YWCA um, Domestic Violence Program to um, create... Um, lullabies and then arranged them for uh, flute, viola, and cello. Roberta played cello with us, um, and uh, we we created two beautiful lullabies last year, and we're hoping to do more uh, this spring. How do you feel, each of you, about using your music talents this way, kind of very directly to serve other people? I think it's it's really wonderful and rewarding. I It can we can get inside our own heads a bit when we're playing music. And very often I will be done with a performance and I walk off the stage and I walk out of the, the performing hall and I'm just playing over all the things that didn't go the way that I had planned. <laughs> Some, I missed this note or that entrance wasn't quite right or the timing or X or Y. And you can just really, we spend so much of our time making sure just just listening to ourselves critically, very critically. And I'll be walking down the street after those concerts and I'll be stopped by an audience member and it happens more often than you would think and that audience member, just their face is completely alight and they just say, you don't know how much that performance meant to me. It meant so much. I needed that so much today. And you never know what people are going through and you never know what is going to connect with people. And in, in an intimate setting like a, a small group of musicians with a small group of audience where you're right there with them or with the Lullaby Project, this incredible experience with new mothers and, and their children and what all of them are going through, that's just that it's even more intense, that feeling of just what we're doing is, is not just important to us selfishly, but it can also be a really positive force in the listener, and, and sharing that experience is something that is really incredible, and it's very rewarding to know that what we do means so much to people, because sometimes I can be very focused on what it means to me and my experience and, and how I am going to deal with playing all those 16th notes. Um, <laughs> and we forget, I forget that 
it really can have a profound effect on, on the listener. And just as it had on us when we were listening to music, it, it affects us very deeply too. And, and so these projects really bring us very close to that, showing, showing us directly how what we are doing is helping somebody somehow, which is really profound. How does it make you feel about your guys' choice to pursue music despite it being, as a professional career, a difficult one? Or even, you know, somewhere between a career and a lifestyle? I think it helps. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely it, it definitely is in, in the column of what makes it worth it. Because it's, it's a question I, I know I ask myself in those times when you're really struggling and you're just how do i pay the bills how do i how do i keep this life going that i've chosen because there are so many things about it that are distracting and not music related that are very difficult to to make it work and sometimes you just feel like oh, i just i just want a job give me some job where i can go to work work and leave work and forget everything else. Forget about work once I leave the door. Music is not that way at all. And and my decision was based on it's like I can't stay away. It's this this is pulling me in this direction. It's the thing that I find the most interesting out of everything that I've ever done and I still absolutely think that every there's a universe in every note that you play. It's fascinating playing music. Absolutely endlessly fascinating. And it always will be, whether I'm good at it or not. It's, it will always be fascinating to me. So things like the Lullaby Project and the the playing for in the dementia wards for for people who have a difficult time connecting and making a connection definitely remind me that there are a lot of people that don't do what we do and there are not a lot of people that do what we do and and there are not a lot of people that make that choice and that can do it and walk that path and for those people who I dare say need that experience to be a person that can help them have that that's that's pretty incredible it definitely helps make it worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else want to chime in? I think Roberta summed it up pretty well. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you so much for your you ladies' time. I I can't thank you enough. Thanks for coming in and recording with us. Excited about your episode, but also thank you so much for coming back and having this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you for, for having, having us. <laughs> that was great. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we work together. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have been listening to a KSPS production recorded in Spokane, Washington. For more information about Inland Sessions, to watch back episodes, or if you'd like to learn how your support of KSPS, PBS, and public television turns into more great programming that explores local arts and culture while promoting civic health and lifelong learning, please visit 
ksps.org. Thank you.